Hey, Climate One listeners, we recently released an episode featuring Reverend Lennox Yearwood about his climate activism with Hip Hop Caucus. I found my conversation with him deeply moving and thought you might be interested in hearing an episode from his podcast called The Coolest Show. Rev Yearwood's podcast focuses on environmental and climate justice and reimagines how black, indigenous, and brown people thrive in our environment. The episode we're featuring today is about Cop City, a massive police training center being proposed in an urban forest outside Atlanta. Before listening, I had heard about Cop City, but didn't really know much about it. Listening to this episode, I learned a lot about its implications for climate and racial justice. This episode was recorded back in August. Since then, a local ballot referendum that could stop the project is tied up in court. Still, the concerns Rev Yearwood and his guests share about Cop City remain relevant today. I think this episode will inform you, and I encourage you to subscribe to The Coolest Show wherever you get your pods. This is The Coolest Show, brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show, you know, keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show, you know, in your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just train. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show, you know, it's the hip hop talk. Welcome back to the coolest show your weekly dose of conversations that reimagine how black, indigenous, and brown people thrive in our environment. I'm your host, Rev Yearwood, and in this episode, we'll be picking up right where we left off, Stop Cop City. Hip Hop Caucus has joined with activists, organizers, faith leaders, and Atlanta community who are calling for a stop to Cop City defending the Willany Force in Atlanta, Georgia, and honoring the life of environmental activist Tortuguita, who was killed by Atlanta police in January. The city of Atlanta has leased 381 acres of Willany Force. That's right, 381 acres of Willany Force stolen Muskegee land to the Atlanta Police Foundation for a police military facility funded by corporations. This would be the largest police training facility in the U.S. in a primary black community who overwhelmingly opposed the project. The plans include military-grade training facilities, a mock city to produce urban warfare, dozens of shooting ranges, and a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad. Organizers have collected over 116,000 signatures in support of a referendum to repeal the ordinance authorizing the police training facility. But it's unclear if and when the initiative will be voted on. In this episode of The Coolest Show, I speak with community organizer, Reverend Kiana Jones. We'll learn more about the history of the area surrounding the Willany Forest the legacy of environmental racism, the community's work to get signatures, and the Atlanta way. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Coolest Show. All power to the people. Hey, everyone. I'm Dan Cortler, the host of TED Climate. Each episode, we unpack the problems and solutions of climate change. 
This season of the show, we're getting into some big ideas that make us optimistic about the future, like meat grown from cells and leather made from mushrooms. And the best part? We look at how building a greener future can be an upgrade instead of a sacrifice. Find and follow TED Climate wherever you're listening to this. What's up, y'all? This is Rev Ewart from the Hip Hop Caucus, and I'm here with Kiana Jones from Community Movement Builders. My dear sister, Kiana, Reverend also, right? <laughs> yes. Reverend Jones. Uh, uh, so, Kiana, this is so good to see you again. Absolutely. Very good to see you again, Rev. And I saw you at the city council meeting here in Atlanta. Stop pushing forward to stop Cop City. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. What is Cop City? Cop City is a 381-acre proposed militarized police training facility that would come equipped with a mock city wherein police officers would practice urban warfare, a burn tower where firefighters would supposedly be able to practice fighting fires, but it would also come with a firing range that would run maybe 24 hours, the same way the existing firing range close to that property runs. And also, this is where the Atlanta Police Department and other police entities that choose to train there would be trained by the Israeli Defense Force through the Georgia International Law Enforcement Exchange. And what we also know, people who don't know, Atlanta is sometimes called the city in the forest. Mm -hmm. And this particular force, the Will and Me mm -hmm. Force, mm -hmm. is considered the lungs of Atlanta. It is. Right? So, and it sits around, talk about the neighborhood it sits in, the community it sits in. Um, and why there? So, yeah, that is my neighborhood where I was born and raised, where my granny still lives, southeast Atlanta. And it is also in unincorporated Cab County. This is the blackest part of southeast Atlanta. And it is the city in the forest because the Wivani Forest, or the South River Forest, as it was renamed after the Muscogee Creek people were run out of here, and after the prison farm, and after all of the other atrocities that happened to Black bodies on that property, and they so-called shut things down, the South River is one of the largest urban forests in the United States of America. And it is indeed one of the four lungs of the city of Atlanta, meaning that without that vital piece of green space, we can't breathe here. The last two days, we have had critical air quality alerts yes. in the city of Atlanta, and no doubt, partly because they have already begun to raise those trees in that area. If we do not have the South River Forest in Southeast Atlanta, we literally cannot breathe. That piece of land and that neighborhood, I will tell you, has been the victim of environmental racism for quite some time. Growing up in that area, there were two landfills in the area that you could smell for miles around as you rode along Key Road, Constitution on the backside, Moreland Avenue um, to surround them. And the water of the South River has always been polluted and neglected by the city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta has never cared about Southeast Atlanta because it is an unincorporated Cab County. But the reason why they are so adamant about this piece of land is not only the fact that they further get to disenfranchise Black people, but the people who live there and who are most directly affected, who live in the area immediately, 
can't even vote for the mayor or the council members who are making these decisions. So what we see at play is racialized capitalism in its worst form. We see a city council that is more intent on pleasing a police foundation than they are about taking care of the people that they are supposed to serve. So about the environmental justice aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously they want to take out a, 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 a large part of the force, yes, which yes. Forest, is the lungs that deals with clean air, clean water. Yes. Um, one, so about Tortuguita. Yes. And talk about them. And talk about them and the force defenders and then go into why this is the best issue. Okay. So this is an issue of environmental justice because as I mentioned before, environmental racism has been happening in that community since I was born. So I know it was happening before I was born. And we say that not only because they chose to put landfills literally in people's backyards, but the fact that you have a firing range where the lead from bullets will run off into the water that flows through the South River. The South River is the second most polluted river in the United States. So in this area where Black people mainly live, you are willing to cut down trees so that the air quality is poor. Mind you, Atlanta is so congested at this point that the air quality has been going down for years, right? Now you would take and you would want to put a burn tower there to further pollute the air. I mentioned before that this is a residential area. There are two schools right on each side of that property. So McNair High School is literally like half a block away. Mm. Barack Obama Elementary School is around the corner. Mm. So Black children deserve to hear gunfire 24-7. Black children deserve to be afraid every time they hear a loud noise. I moved from behind the forest a month ago because my eight-year-old son could not sleep and was terrified at all times of day. I'm a homeschool mom, so we're home during the day. My child was hearing gunshots all the time and didn't know what to do to to hear an eight-year-old shriek. But to see him cower down every time there's a loud noise, to run, to duck, to try to hide behind something, because he is afraid for his life. Mm. That is something. So when we talk about the air pollution, it's not just because of, first of all, any construction that's going on, which honestly, there's no construction, but there's deforestation happening. Mm. What's happening with those construction vehicles is polluting the air. The work being done and the runoff from that Mm. is polluting the air, but also the sound, noise pollution from not only the construction vehicles, but also the firing range. Do you have any idea what it does to the minds of young children to constantly hear noise? So look at the effects of lead in water on the development of children. Couple that with the fact that constant noise pollution makes it impossible for them to consistently think critically because their minds, there's always their fight or flight response going off, right? So that boss more pretty great. Thank you. So the water's polluted. The air is polluted. But then you want to take away a green space that was deeded to DeKalb County in 2017 
as land for the residents of the cab in perpetuity. I don't know what dictionary Andre Dickens is reading, but perpetuity means forever. And ever. And ever. So now you don't believe that people who live in that area deserve to be able to go into a forest and enjoy nature. You don't believe that people in that area deserve to commune with the land that nourishes them, that nurtures their vision, that provides relaxation, meditation, all of these things that you know that we need to live holistically sound lives. You're not interested in that for the Black people in Southeast Atlanta in unincorporated DeKalb, but you want to make sure they have it in Buckingham. So I want, I want to make sure we bring in Dr. Gita and, into this conversation, but you made a point there about the man. I think it's important. You know, this is not, I don't want to don't know by the butt, but this, this ain't Salt Lake City, Utah. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. This is Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> um, home of Dr. Martin and Coretta Scott King. Mm -hmm. Home of... Uh, John Lewis and Julian Bond, mm -hmm. home of so many people. Yes, yes. Um, and if you're from Morehouse, home of Willie Ricks, mm -hmm. and many, many other folks in that aspect. But it's that, it's that home, Smith, poor. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm confused as to how particularly someone who comes from that, that process even that, and they don't come mm -hmm. directly, mm -hmm. they, just, they, they are a person of color. How you could be here and not understand that you're just about, some, something seems to have gone, have gone wrong. Now, I know the history. People say, well, Brad, there was the Olympics, and they just, they tore down certain parts of the city then, and mm -hmm. they've had, you know, that money in Atlanta speaks. But I'm just curious because it seems like some of this doesn't even make sense. So explain, am I missing something? You absolutely are not missing anything. What you just alluded to is what we call the Atlanta way, where those more affluent, those more politically astute, often those who are in seats of political authority, those Black people have this contract with the white supremacist infrastructure that says, we will give you status, we will give you a title, we will make sure that your children can get into exclusive places in exchange for you keeping those other Negroes in check. Mm -hmm. Keep them over there. Make sure that you further our interests. As long as you do that and we make money, you'll make money. Your children will make money. Your children will have access to things that you never did. And those people will stay where they are so that we can maintain power. But that Atlanta way, that contract means that you didn't got to see your people die. You have to. And when you mentioned the 1996 Olympics, they built the Atlanta City Detention Center specifically for the Olympics to take all of the houseless people who were on the streets that the city of Atlanta neglected, and they put them there. There were officers during that time walking around with tickets that were pre-printed that said Black male houseless. And they were using the word homeless at that time. So when you think about that, there is no wonder how we get to a place where Cop City has now become a vision, particularly given the fact that the inception of Cop City came on the heels of the 2020 uprisings 
when people said that they were sick and tired of being sick and tired of seeing Black people killed by police and nothing being done about it. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey. And Ahmaud Aubrey was not by police, but was by white men who the infrastructure sought to even protect, right? To try to say that they were defending themselves and it was okay, or they were making a citizen's arrest, right? You had Rayshard Brooks, which was so senseless. And in the state of Georgia, Oscar Kane Jr., Jimmy Atchison, Jamarian Robinson, Jabril Robinson, Andrew Smyrna, Jarvis Likes, Javis Benjamin, DeAndre Phillips, Katherine Johnston, Alexia Christian, Yuri Lee Martin, and the list goes on of Black people killed by police. And where was the justice? So Black people turned out in record numbers. And yes, there were other people in the streets with us. So what was evident to the city of Atlanta was that people were not going to take it anymore. And they were afraid of losing their grip of control around people. When the people of Buckhead saw us protesting out here, it was like, oh, no, y'all ain't holding up your end of the bar. Y'all got to get them. They can't be here. We don't want them here. Get it right or we are leaving. The neighborhood of Buckhead threatened the city of Atlanta with secession. In Cop City is the compromise. Wow. Wow. Understand that right here where we sit, this little nest that we're sitting in in Buckhead holds 40% of the tax revenue of the city of Atlanta. So think about what this income means to the city of Atlanta. And these politicians have proven time and again that money talks and democracy walks in the city of Atlanta. So the repression amped up because right after that in 2021, 2022, you see all of this legislation coming through the Georgia General Assembly aimed at the right to dissent, aimed at protesters. They even wanted to push through a bill that would have made it legal for someone to murder a protester would have made it legal for people to see you protesting in the street and hit you with a car, shoot you, stab you, maim you, and it would have been fine because in their eyes, you are on the side of law enforcement. They wanted to make it so that you cannot even say a cross word to law enforcement. And where I'm from, words are words. And yes, they have power, but at the same time, I have the freedom of speech, right? So I can say what I want and what I feel as long as it does not endanger anyone's life. And I should not say anything that's not true. But if I'm simply expressing my feelings, I should have the right to that. And one of the biggest components of Cop City and what this project means is state repression. It means that if you don't agree with Andre Dickens and the city of Atlanta City Council, then you get locked up. Sometimes for no reason at all. But at least now you might get locked up. Tortuguita, Manny did not have that chance. They were murdered in cold blood. And it is so reminiscent of the murder of Jamarian Robinson. When Jamarian Robinson was murdered in East Point, there was a task force. Just like there was a task force that went into the forest and murdered Manny. 
Jamaria Robinson stood at the top of the stairs with his hands up. And Manny for those Yes, Manny is Torchiguita. His name is Manuel Esteban Baez Teran. We knew him as Torchiguita. He's our non-binary cousin. Absolutely. Yeah. Non-binary relative of ours defending the forest. And how were people defending the forest? By simply occupying the forest. Right. And let me be very clear that the part of the forest that was occupied was Entrenchment Creek Park, which we know by the native name, Wilani People's Park, which was public property. Public property belonging to DeKalb County. You want to say that people were trespassing on this property as they defended the forest? That is a blatant lie. Most of the arrests that were made on that property in connection to protesting Cop City were made on public property. Those arrests are in effect illegal. Right. So as Tortuguita sat meditating, legs crossed, hands raised, they were riddled with 57 bullet holes. Now, in order for 57 bullets to go through your body, you know how many rounds have to be fired? And it was proven through the official autopsy that at least one of them was close range. Mm -hmm. Same thing they did to Jamarian Robinson. So you have in the city of Atlanta, you see these task forces that will be convened, made up of various law enforcement entities throughout the state. And in the case of Tortuguita, it was a Georgia state trooper who murdered them. They claim, the GBI claims, that Tortuguita fired at this officer first and injured him which was the cause for them being executed the way they were. There was body cam footage released soon after Portuguese was murdered that showed officers speaking amongst themselves saying, hey, I think he hit his own man. Mm. Meaning that officer who was hit was hit by friendly fire. To this day, we don't know the name of the officer who was supposedly injured. We have never seen a photo of an injury, no interviews, nothing. However, what we do know is that Tortuguita did not fire a weapon because there was no gunshot residue found on his hands, on their hands. Someone came back and said, well... Um, there's there's trace evidence of something that could be likened to gunshot residue on their hands. And what we know from professionals who do the work is that when you are shot close range, gunshot residue can be on your person. That's right. So when we look at this cover-up, something is not right, and we know that. They were looking to kill someone that day. It just happened to be Tortuguita because you do not go into a forest in a raid if you claim, as they did, that there were booby traps and all types of things set up in that forest. Who goes in there without knowing exactly where they're going and what they're up against? Who does that if they are not looking to kill? So what Tortuguita's murder tells us is that 
this law enforcement entity in the state of Georgia, whether it be Georgia State Patrol, whether it be the city of Atlanta police, whether it be DeKalb County, Fulton County, Georgia Department of Public Safety, whoever, they have no problem murdering with impunity. Mm. And this is what we have seen happen time and again. And the time frame in this actually is, is interesting mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. just sad because it happens in the middle of January. Yes. Which is obviously the celebration of the doctor of the king's mm-hmm. birthday. So around you, I think that Dr. King's birthday is January 15th and for the Gita, they are killed on January 18th yes. or around that time frame. Mm-hmm. So it's just sad because all of this has some kind of symbolism. So I want to get to the city council. The city council had a hearing. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the city council has a lot of people of color on it, mm-hmm. I know they voted against it, right? Against this project? <laughs> no, they voted against the people. They voted yeah. not only... So let's go back to the beginning of when they first introduced Cop City. Yeah, that's important. People came out overwhelmingly in negative response yep. to that proposal. 17 hours of public comment during the middle of the COVID pandemic proved to the Atlanta City Council that the people of Atlanta at large do not want Cop City. However, the majority of that body still voted in favor of that project. And those council people who were in districts that were mainly populated by us, Black people, the people in those districts who voted in favor of Cop City are no longer on the council. So that in and of itself should have sent a message to the city of Atlanta City Council of exactly what the people of Atlanta are about and what we will do when you go against us. Now, over these past few months, we have shown up overwhelmingly at city council meetings, at committee meetings to express our dissent to Cop City, right? So when you joined us last week, City Hall was literally at capacity. There were hundreds inside, hundreds more outside. We had simultaneous rallies inside and outside of City Hall. We stayed there until almost 6 a.m. Tuesday morning for public comment. We stayed until every person got to speak. During that time, I believe there may have been five people who spoke in favor, many of them paid by the mayor, one of whom by the name of Alan Lee um, decided that he was going to buck up at me in the hallway of City Hall because I asked his young associate who made reference to me if she would like to speak with me, if we could have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Because what I do when people want to understand my view and people are in my immediate vicinity, I say, hey, meet me outside. Let's have a conversation because you are obviously mistaken about why I'm here based on the comments that you made. And I want to help you understand what this means to me because out of everybody who spoke in favor of Cop City, none of them live in the area. None of them has a 90-year-old granny who still lives there with aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends who still live there. None of them only moved from the area a month ago. None of them know who I am or have my experience, right, related to this particular project. They are all people who stand to benefit from whatever the mayor's favor gives them. Who's district? 
is under counsel for this. So technically, no one. No one. Because it is because in unincorporated cash. So then. But the people adjacent uh, where it is within the city of Atlanta city limits, Liliana Bakhtiari is the council member that would represent that district. And they have been very vocal about their opposition to this. One surprising thing is that she, they, um, is one of the newer council people who was not on council. We got the person who was her predecessor out because that person was in favor of Cop City. Got it. Antonio Lewis, another council person, his predecessor actually introduced the resolution for Cop City. They are no longer here. Jason Dozier, his predecessor, was in favor of Cop City. So we know that when it comes down to it, the people of Atlanta have spoken in different ways to this council, but they paid a couple of people. And when I say paid, I mean they had to have done some type of favors for these people because they told us that we could not get into City Hall until 1115. Remember the line we stood in to sign up for public comment? How come Alan Lee and his whole crew were the first ones to walk into the municipal clerk's office to sign up for public comment, and they came from upstairs right in a breakout room in one of the overflow rooms, but City Hall was not supposed to be accessible to the public until 1115. So that leads leads to some folks who are listening, watching, however, they're consuming this great conversation. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much. For this this for you, your activism, for what Mm -hmm. you do, and everything. Uh, Give up caucus is against capture. 100%. We are against it for a million reasons, the environmental justice reasons, the climate justice reasons, mm-hmm. the racial justice reasons, the policing reasons, yes. the budgetary reasons, yes. the, the, the putting, we need to put the money toward um, health care, but the health yes. reasons. Yes. We have all ed- educational reasons. Yes. We, we, got, we, we, we have tons of reasons. And yes. so we are going to just lend our little power to this process, and so we're asking that all of those within the culture, um, who are, who understands what it means to yes. be hip hop, yes, one hundred percent, yes. And what is hip hop? Hip hop is our expression, right? Because right. hip hop came at a time from back to Motown, yeah, when you had black artists who had their songs, music, and creativity co-opted. That's right. Right. We had to change it. They whitened it up. They made it more palatable for white people. Black people could not get the rights to their music at the time. There was so much disenfranchisement. So then you move on in time, coming up to 60s, you know, late 70s, and we got disco going on, still widely appealing to white people. But hip hop, when hip hop came along, hip hop was our voice. It was not only our voice in music. Hip-hop became our voice in politics, in the social landscape. Hip-hop, in many aspects, has become our voice, even in spirituality, because the elements of hip-hop and what it means to be truly hip-hop embody community and what it is to live in community with people. So hip-hop should be against well, Cop City. Well, Hip Hop Caucus, caucus is definitely 100% is against, Cop, against City. Cop City. But we want to make sure the rest of Hip Hop yes, joins in that. 
like what you heard on this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to repeat. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.